48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Judd Boaz. The headlines. The Education Bureau says it's looking into allegations that a principal and teacher had misused money collected from parents for Australian school tours. A New York judge rejects another bail request from former Hong Kong Home Affairs Secretary Patrick Ho. And President Trump's nominee for the US Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh, has acknowledged that some of his testimony last week was too emotional. The Education Bureau says it's looking into allegations that the principal and a teacher at Baptist Cha Tin Wai Lui Ming Choi Primary School had mismanaged and misused money that it collected from parents for Australian school tours over the past seven years. As Priscilla Ng reports, the school denies there was any involvement of fraud, but it admits there is room for improvement in terms of how it manages the money. The Apple Daily reported that the school had received the Australian dollar equivalent of almost 2.9 million Hong Kong dollars since 2011, saying it was meant to pay for students' expenses during the trips. The school also told parents that any leftover money would be allocated to the school's development fund. However, it was alleged that none of the remaining money ever went to the fund and that some of the cash had been used to pay the personal traveling expenses of the principal and a teacher. It was also revealed that that some of the funds ended up in the teacher's personal account. But speaking during a press conference, the school's principal, Joyce Sitt, denied that any of the cash had been used to pay for teachers' traveling costs. She argued that some of the leftover funds were in the teacher's personal account simply because it was too complicated for the school to open its own foreign currency account. She said all of the Australian dollars had since been withdrawn from the teacher's account and returned to the school's safe. She added that the money equivalent to around 200,000 Hong Kong dollars, never went to the school's development fund because of a currency problem, adding that the cash was needed to pay for deposits for upcoming trips. Principal Sit dismissed allegations of fraud, but admitted there's room for improvement in terms of how she manages the funds. She said professional accountants will be brought in to boost transparency. The Education Bureau, for its part, said it is looking into the case. It stressed regulations clearly stipulate that all income that a school receives must be deposited into its official account and that school staff must make declarations in cases of potential conflicts of interest. A New York judge says a United Nations-linked bribery case against the former Hong Kong Home Affairs Secretary and businessman Patrick Ho seems stronger after a prosecutor revealed Chad's president rejected a two million U.S. dollar bribe in 2014. Judge Loretta Preska made the comment yesterday as she rejected a renewed bail application for Mr. Ho, who was arrested in November. A former co-defendant will testify next month that Mr. Ho arranged for the bribe to be delivered to Chad's president in gift boxes. A green group is calling on people to join an energy-saving campaign and switch off their air conditioners from 7 tonight for at least 12 hours. GreenSense said more than 90,000 families have already signed up to participate in their annual No Aircon Night. A senior project manager with the group, Gabrielle Ho, said the electricity consumed by air conditioners accounted for as much as 60% of Hong Kong's total energy usage in summer. No Aircon Nights held by Green Sense is an annual energy-saving event that aims 
to promote the green practice and encourage people to break free from the aircon environment. And we encourage participants to switch off their aircon at home from 7 p.m. tonight to 7 a.m. the next day. Because in general, the energy uh, consumption for aircon accounts for over 30% of the total uh, energy consumption annually. And in summer, it reached 60%. So it is a very key electronic appliance to use less energy in order to tackle the global warming and also the extreme weather. There has been both support and criticism for a government plan to build a carriageway to the future agricultural park in northern New Territories. The aim of the park in Kutung South is to boost agribusiness. At a public hearing session in Ledgeco, some farmers said the road was needed to move produce, but other farmers and conservationists said it would lead to overdevelopment. Replying through an interpreter, the Undersecretary for Food and Health, Choi Tak-yi, said the government would try to strike a balance. We are aware that roads are important for the development of the agri-park and we need to strike a balance between that and the impact on farming. People are very concerned about planning, whether it is hydroponics, conventional farming methods. We don't have the details at the moment, but we do need to strike a balance to meet the needs of everyone. We're also concerned about farmers who are affected in the land resumption and also the building of the road, we'll carefully deal with them. Phase one of the park is expected to open in the third quarter of next year. The High Court has imposed a temporary ban on all busking activities in the open area of Times Square, pending a lawsuit the shopping mall has brought against a street musician. The mall says he causes noise and obstruction. The case centres on whether busking falls within the scope of passive recreation, which is permitted in the area. President Trump's nominee for the U.S. Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh, has acknowledged that some of his testimony to senators last week was too emotional. In an article in the Wall Street Journal, the judge said his tone was sharp and there were things he should not have said. But he said his words reflected frustration with what he called wrongful and vicious allegations of sexual misconduct. The BBC's Chris Buckler reports. You do get the sense that this article has been published as a political fight continues at the Capitol, really over this question of whether or not he should be confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. And in fact, there's been another article which has been published this evening by the Washington Post, and it's from some of Brett Kavanaugh's former drinking buddies. They say that they drank with him at Yale, and they say specifically under oath that his idea that he never drank to the point of forgetting what he was doing is not true. China has rebuffed claims by the U.S. Vice President Mike Pence that it's meddling in American politics to stop Donald Trump from being re-elected. In a statement, the Chinese Foreign Ministry called the accusations slanderous. It said the country was committed to working with the U.S. based on mutual respect. A week after a devastating earthquake and tsunami hit the Indonesian island of Sulawesi, power has been restored and some shops have been reopened in the badly affected city of Palu. More than 1,400 people are confirmed to have died, but the total is expected to rise. The BBC's Marika Oi is in Palu. 
Here in the city of Palu, we actually got electricity back up last night after President Widodo said that it could take weeks to get it restored. And in terms of food and water, we've been talking about how survivors were struggling to get hold of them uh, all week. But we are starting to see quite a lot of them on the street, people uh, starting to selling it on the street as well. At the same time, the last push to find those survivors is continuing and also the recovery of bodies. Peru's former president, Alberto Fujimori, has appealed to the government and courts not to send him back to prison, saying the move would kill him. He made the plea in a video in which he appeared lying on a hospital bed hours after police had carried out an arrest warrant. If I return to prison, my heart will not support it. It is too weak to go through the same thing again. Don't sentence me to death. On Wednesday, a top judge annulled a presidential pardon granted to Mr. Fujimori, releasing him from a 25-year prison sentence for human rights abuses. Mr. Fujimori, who is 80, had served less than half of the sentence. A senior U.S. military commander has sharply criticized Russia for equipping its Syrian government allies with the sophisticated S-300 air defense system. General Joseph Votel described this as a needless escalation. The Russians confirmed they had delivered the weaponry on Tuesday following the loss of one of their aircraft last month. The plane was accidentally shot down by Syrian forces during an Israeli air raid. A man who struck a young woman outside a Paris cafe after yelling at her has been sentenced to six months in jail and fined more than $2,000. The court also ordered the defendant to undergo treatment for drug and alcohol addiction. Video of the assault was widely viewed on social media, causing outrage. A group of French linguists concerned about the term fake news has urged francophones to use an alternative. The Commission for the Enrichment of the French Language has proposed the term information fallacieux. It's sanctioned the use of a shortened portmanteau word infox. The Commission has made nearly 8,000 suggestions for alternative terms, including mobile multifonction for smartphone and motieur for hashtag. A sword found in this Swedish lake by the eight-year-old girl is now believed to be a 1,500-year-old relic. Saga Vanacek pulled the sword in the southern region of Jönköping. The BBC's Gareth Barlow has the details. The pre-Viking era sword was initially thought to be a 1,000 years old, but experts now believe it dates back to the 6th century. The discovery was made possible thanks to the summer's warm weather and a drought which caused the lake's water to fall to extremely low levels. Eight-year-old Saga, who found the weapon, passed it to her father, who initially thought the rusted metal was in fact an unusual stick or branch. But experts at a museum in the south of Sweden say the sword is in fact incredibly well-preserved. To business news and shares in the electric car maker Tesla have dipped by 2% after its chief Elon Musk appeared to mock US financial regulators on Twitter. The BBC's Dave Lee reports. Last month, Elon Musk tweeted that he had secured funding to take Tesla private, sending stocks soaring. But the Securities and Exchange Commission sued him, saying the tweet was untrue. Mr Musk settled, but the tweet cost Tesla $20 million. Mr Musk himself an additional $20 million, as well as his role as chairman at the firm. Many expected the 47-year-old would rein in his Twitter habits, but on Thursday he was back, mocking the SEC and calling it the short Seller Enrichment Commission. Mr Musk has long railed against short sellers, the term for traders who bet against a company's success. 
A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,517, 106 points down on the previous close. Market turnover stands at $43 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading in 113.95 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar 15 cents and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 18 cents. Sport now and here's Adam Chung. The Los Angeles Dodgers and the Milwaukee Brewers have drawn first blood in baseball's National League Division Series. The Dodgers crushed the Atlanta Braves 6-0 to take Game 1 of the best of five. Max Muncy led the way with a three-run homer. Jock Pedersen and Kike Hernandez also went deep for the Dodgers. Milwaukee beat Colorado 3-2. Mike Moustakis hit a two-out single to drive home Christian Yelich in the bottom of the 10th to win it for the Brewers. Crew. Yelich stamped his claim as front runner for the National League MVP when he cracked a two run homer in the third to put the Brewers ahead before the Rockies got level in the ninth. The American League Division Series get underway tomorrow with the reigning champions Houston Astros at home to the Cleveland Indians while the Boston Red Sox host the New York Yankees. To football now and the second round of fixtures in the Europa League. Arsenal enjoyed a comfortable 3-0 win over Karabakh in Azerbaijan to maintain their perfect start. It's Arsenal's eighth straight win in all competitions. It's also two wins out of two for Chelsea. Alvaro Morata scored the only goal of the game as the 2013 winners beat the Hungarian champions Vidi at Stamford Bridge. The BBC's John Southall was watching. Chelsea weren't at their best and for long periods they looked like a side who'd made eight changes but they won the game and importantly Alvaro Morata scored he missed a sitter in the first half and looked like a player drained of confidence but on 70 minutes he finally took his chance Cesc Fabregas' through ball was nodded on by Willian and Morata finished from five yards out his second of the season and his first since the 18th of August much needed Ross Barkley headed on to the bar but Chelsea had their keeper to thank Kepa Aretha Balaga saved his side at either end of the second half, first from Lloyd Nago and then from Isvan Kovacs eight minutes from time. So Morata the match winner, Chelsea 10 unbeaten and two wins from two in the Europa League. AC Milan beat Olympiacos 3-1, but there was a shock defeat for Sevilla, who had won the trophy for a record five times. They were beaten 2-1 by Krasnodar in Russia. Scottish champion Celtic blew a first-half lead and lost 3-1 to RB Salzburg. And we finish with NFL football. Tom Brady has recorded the 500th touchdown pass of his career as he led the New England Patriots to a 38-24 victory over the Indianapolis Colts. Josh Gordon caught the milestone pass from Brady, who finished the game with 341 yards passing. The Patriots quarterback also tied Colts kicker and his former teammate Adam Vinatieri for most NFL wins with 226. New England's second straight win moved them to have a game behind the Miami Dolphins in the AFC East. And as you look at sports... And to end the news, the top stories once again. The Education Bureau says it's looking into allegations that a principal and a teacher had misused money collected from parents for Australian school tours. A New York judge rejects another bail request from former Hong Kong Home Affairs Secretary Patrick Ho. And President Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh, has acknowledged that some of his testimony was too emotional. The news from RTHK.
mind tonight. 